Hello, everybody. Welcome to Near Death Discussions Podcast. I am your host, Travis Shreve. Today, we will be discussing three separate experiences. All of these are experiences of parents who had lost a child and were able to see <clears throat> that child uh, during their experience. And that's the common thread of each of these. Um, the first experience is by Sarah S. And Sarah goes on to say, I was put under general anesthesia at about 10.30 a.m. for a routine hysterectomy. The doctors told my husband and mom that I would be awake in recovery around 12 p.m. The anesthesiologist started the IV drip and everything went dark as I went unconscious. Suddenly I was awake and watching chaos about 10 feet below me. It didn't bother me. I saw everyone in the room almost in a panic as they rushed to my body while working on various things. But the scene was blurry and didn't hold my interest. I was more focused on the fact that I was moving up. Then I was in a navy-colored rough surface tunnel. I kept looking at my feet because I wasn't walking. It took me a minute to realize that I was floating above a tunnel. I saw a light above me. And on a slight incline, I relaxed and watched as the light got closer. About two feet from the end of the tunnel, I was standing again instead of floating. Suddenly, I felt an intense feeling of love washed over me. There were no thoughts. There was nothing but love that I felt, saw, and that permeated everywhere. The best way to describe it is to say that love encompassed everything and every bit of me. I looked just beyond the tunnel and saw two pairs of feet. One pair was small and the other pair of feet was big. I looked to see whose feet I was staring at. I was in awe. I saw my baby boy who died 14 years ago when he was 48 days old. He had the small feet and was maybe six years old. Had blonde hair in a bowl cut, bright and shining blue eyes, and had the biggest smile on his face. Holding his hand was my grandpa, who passed three days after my ninth birthday. My grandpa was 66 when he passed, but he looked like he was maybe 30 years old in this experience. My grandpa said, I've been waiting so long for you, and he motioned for me to come forward. My son said, Mommy, yes, Mommy, come on. As I moved towards them, I noticed another pair of feet to the right. They were dirty, large, and calloused. I looked up and saw a man who was dressed in a raw-edged, cream-colored linen toga. He had tan skin, a sharp jaw and nose, a beard and mustache, and brown wavy hair. He had a dark knowing and kind eyes. He looked sideways at me and half-smiled, but didn't say anything. I quickly figured out that it was Jesus, although the picture I had of him before uh, all of this was the classic blue-eyed, pale-skinned man from the typical painted pictures of Jesus. This man did not look like that, but I still knew it was him. When I realized it was him, I didn't say anything. But somehow he knew. I had just realized it was him, and he chuckled at me. My son and grandpa were wanting me to come with them, but Jesus telepathically told me, not yet. I was sad. Jesus pressed the message to me in my mind. You are truly loved 
you are so loved. The message kept repeating in his voice in my mind. My son and grandpa turned to start walking away. Then I noticed the surroundings. The sidewalk or street or path looked like it was made of liquid gold. But it was solid gold because we were walking on it. I saw a tree in the distance that had unrecognizable fruit growing on it. The grass on the sides of the walk was so green. It was richer and more vibrant green than any grass on earth. Farther in the distance, I could see a wall or gate with bright light shining over and out from it. I could hear my son say, when mommy comes back, and Jesus turned around and looked at me with a smile again. After that, I quickly went down back into my body. I opened my eyes and tried to get up. A nurse sharply told me to lie still. She was taking a little black ultrasound machine and trying to figure something out. None of it made sense to me. Um, the, the thing that sticks out to me is that, number one, her son isn't the same age as when he died, but she recognizes him. She, she recognizes her son. She recognizes her grandpa in, in a much younger um, age here as well. Um, uh, really, really kind of a cool thing to, to recognize people, to, to see somebody, to feel the love and to be welcomed by people. Um, next experience is by Eric C. He says, I was having a normal evening. I went to bed around 9 30 PM. I woke up around 4 AM the next morning to realize I had diarrhea in my sleep and then started vomiting profusely. I felt really weak, so I had my wife take me to the emergency room. I felt like I was going to pass out the whole way to the hospital. When I got there, I lay on a bed in a room by myself and lost consciousness. The next thing I knew, I was looking at my lifeless body on the hospital bed. I saw Then I saw a light, brighter than the sun, but it was pure white. And then I saw my grandmother and uncle, who both passed in the late 1990s. I wanted to go to the light more than anything. All my pain was gone, no stress, and no worries. I've never felt so good in my entire life. I tried to walk around them to get to the light when I felt a small hand on my right knee. I looked down to see my son, who had passed a couple years ago, at birth. He then said, Daddy, keep fighting. I noticed that there were three angels. One angel was standing behind my grandma and uncle, and the other two were standing next to them. My uncle told me it wasn't my time yet, and my grandma smiled at me, but didn't say anything. The angel furthest to my left placed its left hand on my shoulder. I felt a firm squeeze and was sucked back into my body with a sort of popping noise feeling. I was back and called the nurse. I told her what had happened. They brought in paddles just in case they needed them. They put me on an IV and gave me medicine for the nausea. I stabilized and they told me I had been poisoned, probably by eye drops of some kind. They ran a bunch of tests on me and said that I was in perfect health other than whatever poisoned my body. Before I had been very depressed and wanted to die, but was scared of dying. Now I am no longer scared of death, but have a new desire to live. The NDE has drastically changed my viewpoint on life. I want to be healthy now. 
I find my head full of questions I wish I could have asked. I wanted more time with my son, as I never even got to hear his voice in life. I will never forget the sound of his voice that night. I know I will see them all again when it's time. I somehow knew that heaven, or my perception of heaven, uh, waited beyond the light and waited beyond the light I saw in the corner of that hospital room. The angels were the most beautiful things I've ever seen, surpassing any living being <clears throat> in this world. There are no words to describe their beauty. The NDE happened a week ago this morning. Yesterday, I went back to the hospital with severe abdominal pain, but to a different hospital in a different state than my hometown. They said it was a side effect of being poisoned after the same test put a CT scan and x-rays, but had no more NDEs at that visit. They told uh, that I had been poisoned, and if the pain gets worse, they will just admit me and probably remove my lymph, lymph nodes, which were damaged as a result of being poisoned. Other than that, I am still in perfect, near perfect health. Pardon the interruption there. Um, you won't notice much of a pause, but I had to stop quickly. I had a child come in to ask me if uh, her friend could jump on the tramp with her boots on. Uh, that's, this is fatherhood. <laughs> uh, love my kids and, and um, love what they mean to me in my life. Um, and for this reason, I've, I've chosen these experiences um, because my experience in seeing my daughter was, was very special. <clears throat> but um, he does go on here to say that um, he said, I find my head full of questions, which I could have asked. I wanted more time with my son as I never even got to hear his voice in life. I will never forget the sound of his voice that night. This is the thing that sticks out to me. And this is the reason why I continue to read these near-death experiences is these words are so perfect. So, so perfect. This, I, I would have said these exact words. Uh, I have the voice of my daughter that beautifully rings in my head. Um, it's, it's one of the purest, purest things that I hold on to just to have that memory of, of the voice of, of a child who never, never spoke in this life. She made noises, but she never, she never spoke in this life. And, um, to, to be in there now, I, I absolutely, I have admiration for people who study near death experiences and have never had one. I truly admire those that, that do that. But I will say this, um, for me, having had the near-death experience, there are elements that wouldn't, wouldn't be well described by somebody who's never had the experience. It wouldn't be well described. Um, if somebody wanted to fake it, they wouldn't well describe some of these things after having read a thousand experiences. There are things that are so important and so poignant that um, that that shine, and in in many cases, it's it's one little thing uh, um, uh, amidst 
many details that that has me convinced that this person knows what I felt and how I feel. Um, but it's just beautiful. I will never forget the sound of his voice that night, he says. All right, our last experience is by Elizabeth T. Um, she says, usually I would be afraid to go into an operation and my daughter, and, and here she tells us that her daughter had a near-death experience and she points, she says it's account number 3,965. But she says, and my daughter tells me she'll pray for me. Yet I was unafraid as I went into the operating room. They say the, the heartbeat going, they said the heartbeat going, and then they said they saw a straight line in the monitor. This is probably when the NDE happened to me. I had experience going straight to heaven. When I was there, it was a wonderful experience. I had no pain at all. I saw a light that I can't explain, but it was the brightest light I've ever seen. There were two brown-haired children sitting at a table. One was a daughter that I had miscarried, and the other was my daughter, Michelle L's miscarried son. They were grown up. I was happy to see them, and they hugged me. My grandson, he was a little bit bigger than his two brothers on earth. My daughter, Susan, looked just like Michelle, her sister. I didn't know the reason why the miscarriages happened, so always had a sense of worry as to what became of them. They looked like they were very, very happy, which made me feel a lot better. Both children looked at me. My grandma... My grandson said, Grandma, go back. We don't need you. My daughter said, Ma, we're happy. We don't need you. Go back. When I came back, I was in a lot of pain. In a way, I was disappointed to come back because of the pain I was in. After a few days, I was starting to feel better. And that's my experience. Um, I, I find some comedy in... And the grandson and the daughter saying, Grandma, go back. We don't need you. Ma, we're happy. We don't need you. Go back. But I think the important thing to realize is that in these experiences, we feel intentions. And I'm sure that Grandma in this situation and, and Mother in this situation, she knew their intentions. And, and maybe she heard those words, Grandma go back. We don't need you. But she felt the intentions. She didn't feel like somebody was saying, get out of our hair, but rather we're okay. You can go back. So, um, I I've, I've heard in so many stories and, and I felt this, that more than the words, we, we feel those intentions. We, we, we have a, an understanding of what is being said. Uh, and, and so she doesn't point out being offended. She, she says she didn't want to go back to the pain. She said she re regretted that, but um, she didn't find offense in those words. But what I find interesting in this experience is that she says, my daughter, Susan, looked just like Michelle, her sister. Um, this was a miscarried child. I find it very, uh, very interesting that even in cases of, of children who are, uh, like my daughter who are deformed or who are born, uh, born, uh, miscarried 
they're they're never actually uh, they never actually live on in this world um, out you know outside of their mother's womb. Um, I, I find it so interesting that when we see these people, um, when people have these NDEs and they see their deceased children, that they still see such a family resemblance. She says, Susan looked just like Michelle, her sister. Um, in the case of my daughter, she was born very deformed. Uh, when I saw my Whitney, there were no deformities, but there was still a family resemblance. You know, it wasn't as if Whitney's soul had passed into some manufacturing facility and they they gave her a new body that had no no connection to family uh, and i find that very interesting to me it it gives an importance to family it gives uh an importance to genetics and we may look at ourselves and and find the things wrong with ourselves we may look in the mirror and be critical and yet when we pass over and we see these near perfect human beings, these beautiful beings on the other side, um, we still see that family resemblance. We still see those things. Um, so for those of you who are, who may be ugly like myself, don't be so hard on yourself. Recognize that there is, there's something important to genetics. There's something that seems eternal to the family structure and and the idea that two people come together and and create a child uh, we see that here we see two different parents that recognize the child even though the children were in the first two cases the children were older um they recognized the the children and then the in the third case her daughter she saw her daughter um and, and it looked very much like her other daughter, like her sister. Uh, it, it tells me that there's something eternal, that, that this, although this world, this earth is tough, this is a tough place, and I find myself being critical of it, there are important things happening here, and there are things here that are, are somewhat eternal in nature. We, we have connections that, that are here, and go into into eternity um it, it it's just i just can't stress enough how important i feel the family is in this case and there's there's obviously cases where people should not be together where people need to actually protect themselves and we will we read about those within these near-death experiences horrible horrible situations here on earth and yet there's something, something inter eternal in our genetics. There's something beautiful about that. And, you know, for somebody like myself who, who considers the perfect person very different from myself. Um, and yet I, I was able to see my daughter, uh, and, and consider her very much a perfect person, uh, just perfectly beautiful. And yet, I saw, I saw the imperfections, the, the things that are distinctly from the two sides of my, my family, from whether from 
from my side of the family and or from my wife's side of the family. Um, a lot of beauty in these experiences, a lot of comfort. Uh, I, I do love that Elizabeth, who had struggled, she had wondered what had happened to these miscarried children. I, I find it beautiful that she was able to see them and have the comfort that both a grandson and a daughter were, were fine. They were happy. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed these experiences. I'll, I'll continue to do this and continue to find experiences and concepts that I find meaningful. Uh, in the meantime, feel free to reach out if you have questions, uh, a concept that you'd like to discuss, or even your own near-death experience or something along the lines that you'd like to discuss, feel free to reach out. Uh, I, I think that we'll find some of the more interesting experiences um, through means that aren't necessarily published or, or necessarily well-known. I think there's a lot of beautiful experiences out there that people are a little timid to share. Uh, and hope that as, as time goes on, that, that folks will, will share those with us. Thank you for your time. We'll catch you next time. And thanks for all that you do.